WV Uncommonplace. This podcast is a variety podcast that houses numerous series to cover mental health, empowerment, podcast framework, and various intimate theories to get to know the hosts. Along with occasional movies, reviews, and dives in pop culture with our event podcast episode. The Uncommonplace digs into bringing guests on that stories don't fit the mold and are very different. WV stands for the great state of West Virginia and every quarter we cover something in West Virginia. Stacy and myself JR are your hosts so please come along for this venture to our uncommon place. Good evening, this is a special true crime episode of West Virginia Uncommonplace. Uh, tragically... Um, something has happened that was brought to my attention today, and I do not normally do true crime podcasts, but um, the alleged individual um, was a friend, uh, was someone I knew. Um, And this headline reads, the house will be bloody when you get home. Um, Sarah Gonneau, 35, allegedly text her fiancé, John Howard, um, that night, don't be sad, but the house will be bloody when you get home. Howard raced home on Monday and found the warned of blood, as well as two children who were both disemboweled, a 10-month-old child, and an 8-year-old. Um, Mr. Howard... Uh, so, we are getting information from a website. This is what we've heard. This is not firsthand knowledge of, you know, we have been speaking to any of these individuals personally ourselves. You know, this is information that, you know, we want to talk about. We want to let everybody know what we know and kind of give our opinion on it. Sorry to interrupt you there, but I wanted to get this out before we dug too, too far into it. So everything that we're going to talk about and go over is just information that we're getting from this website. Do you want to go ahead and give them that website? This website is Law and Crime. It's a Dan Abrams production. Um, and the information that I'm speaking about right now will come from a probable cause affidavit in the case. Um, and to continue, John Howard observed a large amount of blood in the numerous bedrooms. He then located Sarah and the two children laying on the bed in the master bedroom. And we'll keep those babies' names out. But if you guys, you know... If you want to go look, that's your that's your business, but we'll keep them, you know, we'll call one the baby and the older baby. Right. Each of the two children the police wrote in this graphic affidavit suffered from and a lot of cuts and stuff. The infant was pronounced dead on the scene after failed attempts to revive him. The older child survived and is currently in critical condition, but stable. Um the young lady was stabbed 15 times, I mean, 50 times throughout her body. And um, what is disheartening about this is, is I have a child we, um, that is autistic. And this child was autistic. And um, domestic type incidents had happened in this household for quite a bit of times, according to the Newport News police. And Miss um, Gano Sarah had suffered superficial stab wounds when the authorities arrived, as well as one bite mark to her right forearm. 
Um, she allegedly told the police that the latter was due to her daughter biting her in an attempt to get free. Um, after a medical clearance, she's being held in a facility in Virginia. Um, Post Miranda writes, she admitted to stabbing her two children multiple times with a knife. She had bruising to her arm and right arm that she said it was caused by hammering the knife during the stabbing. According to the Hampton Roads Daily Press, the knife in question was a pocket knife with a two and a half inch blade. And um, the the thing about this is that this is kind of crazy. Um, I, I mean, all of it's crazy. Um, Niskano was arraigned on Wednesday and was charged with a count of second degree murder, two counts of felony child abuse, two counts of stabbing and a commission of a felony, and one count of aggravated malicious wounding. A motion in the killing and maiming has yet to be established, a motive, but but speculation turns to the alleged practices of a cult. Um, not going to go into details about what the neighbor said or anything. I'm just going from my own actual, and this is really wild, my own personal experience in dealing with this individual over 12 years ago. We were close friends. Um, the nature of everything that went on, it, it, it it's sad. It kind of fits a description. Um, and there was an incident prior. There was a child named, there was another child that was lost somewhere in this mix and not to speculate that with this, but it's kind of eerie that there was a loss prior to any of this. So did they ever find, like say anything or is it just, it's just accidental. So with the accidental stuff like that, you kind of get thrown a certain way. And where this, this kind of like hit home is because like uh, this whole pandemic deal, people are at home. You have single parents, you have a, a parent, with a spouse, you have two individuals in a house, and um, I always like to, to 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 check on my friends, and I check on everybody as much as I can um, with the type of job that I do. I stay fairly busy, but what really touched me about this one was was that this was somebody that I was in relative contact with at least four or five times a year, right. and to me, it, it's just our fragile people are our strongest people. The people that put on this tough exterior and act like nothing's bothering them or they make people laugh or they're not, they're the ones that people don't worry about. And those are the people that I think that people should worry about because it's not the people that outcry their emotions. The people that outcry our emotions, we should champion in this type of society that we live in nowadays, but we don't, we consider them weak and we consider these people with these pseudonyms or these, falsehoods of oh i'm strong i'm brave i'm forward tough i'm chevy tough whatever you know we champion these people and then these people are the ones that go out here and have all this activity and all this other stuff that's going on um and to me it's just like this is like really just it just bothers me so bad to my soul i found out this news at four o'clock this morning um on may 14th um, the mother of my child sent me this information. I didn't get her information necessarily until I looked at the message, but it's crazy. It popped up on my news feed on my phone when I just turned on Facebook because I always go to my news around lunchtime because that's just something naturally I do. You know, we all do things mm-hmm. on our break like that. And I just, it just is baffling to me. Um, Stacy, um, our awesome co-host is uh, doing this with me. 
Um, what are your feelings on this? I don't know. I think it's crazy. Um, I don't have kids myself, so I can't necessarily sit there and say, you know, I would do it this way. I would do it that way because, you know, everybody's in different situations whenever, you know, it's actually your child. But at the same time, you know, I don't have kids. So I'm 32 years old and, you know, you have those situations. But I can tell you, you know, I would never want to hurt my child um, in any type of way like that from where I'm sitting now, like I said, you know, every situation is different, different when you're actually in the situation, but it makes me wonder, you know, what, what was she going through? What was so hard that she had trouble with wanting to do something like this? You know, was she, did she have like mental issues that she needed help with? She was just afraid to reach out to somebody, you know, and it makes me wonder, you know, what was wrong with her? Not, you know, hey, she's crazy and she did this to her kids just because she wanted attention, you know, because, you know, I don't think a lot of situations are that. I feel like maybe she had this something going on that she was afraid to ask for help on. And going to the website or to the Facebook page, because this like this is like front and center. Like I said, we do not do um we don't do these um, true crime things because this is actually like real time true crime. Um, the thing that I, I took away from this is, is that we don't we're not going to talk about the brutality because that's not something for me to judge. It is mm-hmm. what it is. It's concrete. Um, but like you said, what goes on? Right. Right. What goes on in her head? Um, and then like like you just said, you were on her Facebook right now and. I'm, I'm, we're not defending her in this situation and we're not saying what she did was okay because, you know, it's never okay to hurt anybody on purpose, like in any type, physically, mentally, anything like that. So anybody out there, just, just think of this. There was probably something wrong with her. And before you go on her page and bash her like that, you need to take a step back and think about it first because, not only are situations like this that she is going to have to see and she's going to have to deal with this and she's going to have to figure out how to live through it. Yes. But there's also, you know, what if somebody gets on there? Like what if her oldest child, you know, later on down the road is scrolling through some of this stuff? Like just, just be very cautious of what you're putting out there because like I'm reading this one right here and I'm just like, wow. Right. And the other thing is for the oldest child, the surviving child will say the hard thing about this is is that, you know, at some point she's going to have questions. And I think my heart went out the most to her because the suffering and everything that she went through, she has to live with the fact that her own mother tried to take her life. Right. And what injustice has become of this young child now, this child has every right to not thrive now. Right. And become a product of her own environment, which I hope she does not. Right. And just to me, it was it's just crazy because uh in no one's here, she was a very upbeat person, but she was another one of those semicolons. And the way that I deal with people, I think I'm I, I go a way step 
too far and beyond with how I try to talk to people about their mental health. And even with this podcast, that's something that I dig very deep into and we've dug very deep into with people. Um, I try to like check about your mental, mental status. I don't care how you're doing financially, but your mental status. And it just, to me, it seems like where was the support system? Because she was the support system to so many other people that I know. And just like you said, what happened on that day? And, you know, I really feel bad for the father of the younger child because he rushed home trying to figure things out. And, you know, what kind of life is he going to have to lead now? What's going to, you know, who's there to comfort him? Who's to save him from being out of control now? Right. You know, so the the last bit that I just want to talk about to people is 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 just once again this this fragileness inside these strong people. Please take care of your own, even if it doesn't take that much time. I have a fifteen minute break every day in my life at work. I will contact someone out the blue just to check on them. Right, and I have no intentions of why I do it. I just do it because sometimes I'm like, man. I ain't heard from this person in a while. Let me see how they're doing in life. You know, people need that little bit of upliftingness. And I know that may not be a word, but I'm going to use it anyway. People need to be uplifted sometimes. And just a minor look at someone. I always talk about the word intimacy. You can build a quick moment of intimacy. And I'm not talking sexual. I'm just talking about the genuine bond of making someone feel good without any intention. Right. A quick level of intimacy there can go a long ways in someone's life. Um, I hear it a lot that, uh, you know, certain people make certain people's lives gleam and different things like that. And that's something that we should do here. Um, and, and, and back to the story so I don't get too far off topic. Um, no, I, I think I like the way you're going with that. And then also I want to throw in there, there should never be an instance where you feel afraid to talk to somebody. If, you know, even if you don't want to talk to somebody you know, there's all kinds of avenues out there for you to be able to, to get a hold of somebody, you know, just try. That's all, all you need to do. If you try and you fail, try one more time. Like there's anonymous places, there's um, anybody, you know, even if you pick a random person on Facebook, you know, there's all kinds of um, life coaches and stuff like that a bunch of people that you've done interviews with and had conversations with you know just go back through through that stuff pick pick one of those people and send them a message like pick a podcast or something and be like hey like I've I've listened to your podcast you know you got like two seconds to listen to me maybe they can help you out throughout your day yeah I mean there's so many different ways and the one thing that uh because this is going to be one of our fairly quick podcasts, because like I said, we did a little true crime, and then we're doing the life coach thing at the end. Okay. <laughs> um, I say this, like, uh, and I'm not name dropping, but I will name drop, like someone like Heather Ross, for instance, that deals with that addiction and things like that. Everything she does translates over into forms of grief. So she's a good one. Um, and there's always kind of people that have that will listen. Um, I don't know a stranger. That was the way I was raised in good old Virginia, and it translates here to, to West Virginia, too, because people here, we don't know strangers. Even if I just met you five minutes, I've known you for 32 years right. in four months. And mm-hmm. and the thing that just bothers me about this whole situation is, is this was someone that is a cosplay person, someone that's very active in her community, a video gamer, 
and 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 on that tip with you video gamers and people that are hobbyists, you all need to unite on a stronger front with each other. It should go more than beyond the games and the cosplay. You know, I I just say this to everybody: check on everybody's mental status. Okay. I have coworkers, I have a girlfriend, I have this person and that person that is in my life, but I will ask them, hey. How are you doing? What's going on with you? And I will directly, no indirectness, I will be like, how's your mental status? I will sit there right in front of you. Right. I'll hit you with the dirty gleam and throw the green out of here and then throw the blue green out of here. And I will look right in your face and be like, hey, are you okay? Right. And if you lie to me or whatever, you can feed me whatever you want to, just as long as you're getting out what you need to so that you can go through your day. So I champion that and I tell everybody you should do that for people. Right. It takes two seconds to listen. And with this whole COVID-19 thing and people were trapped inside, you know, as an adult, I have a son um, and I know what it's like to be alone with him and have no one to talk to. But when I got into periods where I got dark, not about my child, but just about life and things, I found someone to talk to, even if it was just going to the store, getting a French vanilla coffee and talking three words to someone, it might have brightened my day and it might have warped my future later on down the road. So, you, you know, with these type of things, you have to be cautious of the impression you put on people because we're responsible for our actions and that person is responsible for how receptive they are. But we are responsible also of how we we represent ourselves in a, in a perception. If I give you off a certain perception or you see negativity and I show that to you out in the open, it's your responsibility to perceive it in a certain way. But at the same time, it's my responsibility to not be out here and promote my negativity onto someone else. That's where, you know, some things differ with people. I don't believe that you should promote your negativity on someone else. And still in the same vein, vent. That's what air ventilation systems were built for. They, they teach you, let all that hot air out. Right, right. And I'm, I'm the type of person where at first I would, you know, I would keep everything inside. And it just, it didn't work. And now I'm to the point, and I guess it kind of helps with, you know, who you talk to. You know, there are certain people out there that you can like, I'm comfortable with you. I want to, I want to tell you how I'm feeling. You know, I want to tell you all the bad stuff, the, the crappy day if I had one and everybody that made me mad, you know, the, the man in the semi truck that came right up on my butt and, you know, scared crap out of me because I have that, uh, final fantasy or not final fantasy, final destination thought going through my head. And I think he's going to, I think I'm going to die or something, you know? So like, whether it's something like that or something funny, you know, I, uh, saw this dog chasing a squirrel, you know, find you someone that you can tell stuff like that too. It doesn't always have to be bad. It could, it could be stuff. And, like everybody's entitled to their own opinions too it's just please remember how you you speak to people like no matter what whatever you write on somebody's wall or you send in a message or anything like that you know that's permanent that's always going to be there you know you don't know you don't know the situation you know like like think about it sit back you know 
write it down on a piece of paper and burn it if you can't keep your mouth shut. I mean, <laughs> so you don't know what that person's going through. Like I said, you know, I don't think anybody has, should have any reason to kill a child, but we got to stop and think before we go through with some of our own actions. Right. And like, like the thing we're saying is, is that the heinous acts that happen, they happen and, you know, there'll be a trial and everything will come set forth and there'll be more information put out there. But um, the the main thing that I'm just trying to get across is that somebody should have took time with her. Right. Um, And even if you're one of those people that's not built with strong intuition, man, there's always signs that are obvious. Right. You can, you can see a lot of things. And in this day and age, we just don't take the time to do that. Well, not a lot of people take the time to do that. I try to do that with everybody that comes across my uh, my realm. And sometimes that's uh, that's another podcast for another day. But um, in leaving you guys in this, this is my whole message and my whole thought on this. This was a very heinous act that happened. She will be tried, judged in the Commonwealth of Virginia. She will be tried judged and sentenced by the living child. My opinion, your opinion will always garner some type of stigma because this was a a mother that was not necessarily single or she could be single because you never know how the raising takes place. But uh, the stigma here is that the mental health was overlooked. And it seems like you know, like they said in the in the the uh, information that was uh, brought forth by the publishing that we spoke about earlier, um, there were domestic incidents prior. Right. So, you know, just someone should intervene. Someone should have intervened. And I hope the child that's in heaven um, receives the blessing that that child deserves. And I hope that its memory gets the blessing that it deserves. And that's not on any type of religious thing. That's just me stating that I hope that all was well with that child's spirit. Because I am spiritual, I will say that. Um, And that the the young child that is alive can get through the grief, can get through the anguish, and can get through the hurt. Never get through the anger because anger is going to stick. Because she, or that person, I'm sorry, has that right to be angry. Right. And that person has the right to need answers and questions. Right. And basically, that's it. It's just that simple. It's a rough situation. That's a really rough situation. And um, I'm glad that I was able to express this. Because, like, this has been something that has been weighing on my mind all day. I don't show my feelings. You'll see me do whatever. But uh, that and another issue kind of tied me and I was just like I was in a stuck state I was like what can I do what can I say to to work through this normally I would post one of those famous uh JR not eulogies but testimonies on Facebook but I didn't do it this time I post the article and I just was like whoa because for a while just because like not everything needs that hardcore attention in that type of press but here I think it needed it this time right and I thank you for being my co-host on here with me today, even though you're going through a hoarse voice. Right. Struggling <laughs> a little bit. And um, we will return to you guys later um, with some other things. Uh, we will have a movie review coming very soon. Don't know what the movie will be, but we'll figure out something. 
So once again, I'm signing off from West Virginia and Commonplace. So you all have a great listen. And I hope you guys subscribe and download um, some more of these podcasts. And um, that's it. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Please follow WV Uncommonplace on Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, TikTok where we have some great content, Facebook, LinkedIn. Hit up the merch store at onecommonplace.square.site. Join the email list from the website and rate, subscribe, and give feedback from your favorite podcatcher. And lastly, thanks for listening and tune into the next episode.